Whether you're learning the basics or you want to be a rock master, we have a class for you from high level overviews to specific features. Find the training class that fits your needs this year at community.rockrms.com slash classes. Welcome to Rockcast, the podcast where we talk about all things rock and take you behind the scenes with Spark Development Network to see what's coming next uh, and give you kind of that glimpse of the inner workings of what we're doing. I'm Emily Foreman. I have John Edmiston and Nick Erdo, and we're very happy to be with you here today. So let's kick it off as we always do with our version update. Where are we, Nick? We just started our 12.0 beta and uh, things are going well. It's pretty quiet. There haven't really been many issues discovered. There were a bunch found during alpha, so we feel pretty confident. And we believe, well, no, the target date for 12.0 will be the new year. So 1-1, January 1st. Bar barring any huge thing, but we don't expect that. Yeah, it, it's it's looking pretty good. Um, I think a couple people might even be running it in their production environments now. I was just uh, hmm. checking on that before this podcast. That's awesome. Wow, that's exciting. What a great way to start the new year. Yes. And what a great um, service that many people are doing to help. Absolutely. We, couldn't, we could not really do this without them. This is so important. Um, you know, I, I try to communicate that to the alpha and the beta testers. That is really, really important. They're doing such a service for all of us, the, the entire community. And um, and just to let everyone know, we, we are working on 12.1, but there's really just minor things, you know, bugs that we found in previous versions that were lower priority. And I, and I think the, the most powerful part of Rock is still always gonna be the most challenging and that's extensibility. So because Rock can be made to bend in many different ways intentionally, it's hard to test every single one of those. So the only way to get good quality testing is to test it in multiple different environments that do things in different ways. And uh, it's just, it's impossible to, to, to test every single use case. Um, not, not that we're not trying to do quality QA within the organization. And we, that's not something that we're been doing better on, mm -hmm. but we have a long ways to go and we are constantly trying to improve it, but we're always gonna be relying on more alpha testing and more beta testing. Absolutely. And I think props to the people who are doing it today, but I would like to just be transparent. I think we need twice as many organizations it, helping us than yeah, we have. Yeah, maybe three times. I mean, yeah. our, our alpha team's pretty small and it's it really needs to be much bigger. Yeah, and it's such a huge service um, to the community. How much have those teams grown in the last couple of years? I would say we've probably doubled the alpha team within a year and a half, but you know, that's not... We're still not quite up to where no. we'd like to be as far as like because percent of community. doubling one, let's say, for example, <laughs> is only giving you two. That's pretty easy so, to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, what I'm saying. Well, I think it's, it's the case too that uh, the same churches can't always be alpha testing. There might be a project they right. have going on or it just doesn't fit their timeline. So I think consistency within the alpha testing is something that's difficult because of people's schedules and, sure. and just different phases of where churches are. Yeah. So we really need to have an alpha team, like Nick said, that's three times the size we need or want mm. because every church is not going to be able to participate on each alpha. Yeah, and that definitely happened with um, 
the last few versions because we're kind of in holiday season, Thanksgiving and now Christmas, we've seen a drop in participation. But that's sometimes why we have to extend our test cycles. So alpha testing was a little bit longer and beta testing is a little bit longer as well. So what you're saying is if you'd like more reliable testing cycles, join the testing teams. Yes, please. We would, <laughs> we would, I, I often will give like backdoor uh, points um, on their scores when they do things that are extra special. I think I'm at liberty to do that. That uh, depends on how many points, but yes, like, we don't want <laughs> someone to show up with like 2000 points. No. But. It's usually like three to five. So we get through you did to get 12 out, but like Nick said, it might, it will probably take a 12 one just to get some minor bugs there. Um, but we're already hard at work on what we're calling 12.n, which is will be the f- the first real dot release after we get 12 out. And so, you know, look for something probably into January with some new features uh, in terms of into January being when it might be going to alpha testing. So we have some you know really cool features that we're trying to get in to that early next year. So we're already fast moving on that as well as moving on on version 13 features. So there is a lot going on. Uh, holiday or no holiday. We are also working on uh, concepts for you know what we're calling Rock 2.0. So if you look at the the version releases, you'll see s- stuff like version 10 or 12. If you really look under the covers, it's really 1.10, 1.12, and that's because we've been wanting to plan for um, huge major changes. And we don't want to have those often because these are probably going to be breaking changes. It's going to be harder to upgrade to. So we want to have those every you know five years, seven years. Um, well, we need to do some really hardcore stuff. And so it's too early to announce some of that, but we have been working very hard on our plans for that. Um, and so we have some big decisions that have been made by the internal team that we'll be communicating next year. Um, and then those are still, you know, a year or two away from actually being uh, seen. But we def- definitely want to get started on that. And so that's been a significant amount of time put into that. Look forward to that in uh, next year, Q1 next year. We'll probably be talking about it. Exciting. A little sneak peek there. We've also been working very hard on Rock Mobile. So uh, we've been hard at work adding more features, polishing, uh, implementing for for several churches. So uh, we are now uh, working on our 2.0 version of the shell and adding more features to that. A lot of those features are uh, stuff that we know and what we want, but even more of those features are coming from the clients that we're working with right now. So, you know, listening to their dreams, listening to their needs. um, And so we're hard at work at that and doing some implementations. If that's something that you're interested in, you know, I would reach out uh, to us and and let us know that's something you want to start. Um, And there'll be more announcements about that. You know, another thing I just want to put out there, too, it's hard enough writing this technology. It literally is. It's (laughs) even harder to try to communicate all of the details and get all of that lined up, documented, it's it's just it literally is almost as much work all the other stuff beyond the technology the documentation the communication and so we're hard at work on that kind of communication right and there's some videos coming um to kind of help you know present that i think there's some conference videos if you if you're anxious and just want to see stuff so go go look at the conference materials 
but we're working on a lot of that for early next year too. And I think people might be surprised if they didn't just catch what you said that we're in, we're getting ready for rock, uh, rock mobile 2.0 that is a little further along than maybe most people had realized. Um, so that's exciting. And I think par- probably part of the reason they aren't realizing how far along it is, is like you said, the focus has been put into building the technology if we had to divide it up. And so the, the communication of that might be lagging a little bit. Yeah. And even in a meeting yesterday, you know, the team was kind of chiding me a little bit because we were calling, is this a 1.0 or 2.0 feature? And the team was like, John, like the 1.0 is already 2.0 because we've added so <laughs> many things. Like, at a certain point, you know, these labels are just a little bit trivial because literally 1.0 has so many more features than it was planned to have. And, and that's just simply responding to the needs of the first couple of churches through and then responding like, hey, no, it just has to do this. Like it just, we, we just can't wait. Uh, where I, is I think a lot of other organizations would just say, well, you know, we're we're hanging to the roadmap and we're going to be, we're going to live and die by the roadmap. We're not that way. We want to live and die by what we think needs to be there and what people are telling us and not just point at a piece of paper and say, well, it's not on the roadmap. Like, I know that sometimes can be frustrating to people because it's hard to, to understand that what's on the roadmap, but we're just trying to be flexible and listen. It's um, definitely a very responsive approach. Yeah. But the what's in 1.0 is actually probably most places would be 2 or 3.0, but we just know that we feel like that has to be in there. We're going to put it in there. We're not going to let, you know, deflect to some piece of paper to tell us it can't be there. Right. Because um, things change. We know that. If any year has ever shown that needs change inside the church world, um, it's now. So we have to leave a little bit of headspace in, in the roadmap that we work on to be able to be responsive to that. Yep. So another thing that people are talking about, we're hearing uh, ripples about, and I'm so glad, um, is RX 2021. Um, We had obviously our virtual conference for 2020. Uh, That wasn't controllable. We're really hoping to be back in person for 2021. It's a little bit too early for us to put registration links out because we're still right in the middle of this one winter season and things are a little bit hard to gauge right now. Um, But we're... um, planning and and hoping for an in-person conference around that same time we had in 2020, which is around, I think, the third week of August. Um, So we're still planning lightly for that and probably a similar cost structure to what we had announced for 2020 originally. So if you're thinking about how to plan for your staff for 2021, I would suggest using that for your planning information. And we will continue to be in touch and we are actively monitoring and working toward hopefully getting some uh, public information out as soon as we're able to do that. But it is still definitely in Phoenix. Right, the the location. (laughs) Yes, that's a good point. And we still definitely need conference speakers. So some of you have already been in touch um, with Bree on our team about the speaking um, opportunities for the conference. And regardless of whether the conference has to be virtual for another year or in person, we're pretty sure in person. We still need speakers. So if you have something to share, let's make sure to uh, to get that locked in so we don't have any last minute trying to come up with, with the presentations needed. Um, that planning is happening. So you might not see it, but there is planning happening behind the scenes for the event. Yeah, and I think it's important just if we, as we look at the world in general that, I mean, it's, we don't know what 2021 is going to be like, but the way I'm thinking about 2021 is at least by the midpoint of the year, I'm just going to trust that things are going to be trending well back to normal. And I think if we all like just sit back and wait for it to happen and then respond, we're all going to be on a six month lag. 
So if things change and that that's, that's not the case, well, we can still respond and we can right. still do what we did last year. But I think in our minds, in our mindsets, even as a church beyond rock or the conference, from a ministry perspective, we have to say, okay, well, I'm gonna draw a line in the sand and it's, I'm gonna assume things are gonna be better after this line. Otherwise we will be so far behind on everything right. um, that, and I, you know, the one thing I was, I was thinking about this um, the other day is like, I feel like the ministries that are, are, do, are the healthiest right now through this are the ones who are leading not in fear. Mm-hmm. They're leading with being rational and looking at the facts, but they're not leading out of fear. And I think that's the big thing for 2021 is like, we can't let fear give us paralysis. Mm-hmm. We have to move forward and and react as things either are better than they, than we expected or worse. But you can't you can't live in fear and just say, well, well let's just see how everything goes. Right. In doing that, you lose all your momentum, as you've talked yep. about many times. You know, mm-hmm. momentum's so hard to gain. So start building it now. That's so true. And that, that comes right from our senior pastor at CCV, Don Wilson. He was like, every staff meeting, he would talk about one thing, momentum. And he, and he would judge, are we gaining momentum or losing momentum? And if we were losing, he's like, get it back, get it back, don't lose it. Because it's just like a, a, a freight train. Getting momentum is super hard. Keeping momentum is not easy, but it's much easier than getting it. And so you want to keep your momentum. And I think you're right, Nick. Now's the time to be pushing to start getting your momentum. Even if you think that we're not sure where the track is going, we can scrub that momentum faster than we can gain it. And that's kind of the angle we're taking for our classes for next year too. So as we're looking ahead, we don't want to slow down the learning opportunities of the community. So we're putting those out there. Um, and we had we put our first uh, sequel for rock class out. It's obviously going to be virtual because it's in January. It is completely full. So there's been a great response on that front. And we'll be opening up a, a second class pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. There is a new classes page on the community site that allows you to kind of aggregate one spot to go look at what classes are open. Um, so the SQL for Rock class is there, the 100 series classes are there, and the master classes are there. So our first master class is scheduled, I believe, for February. It will be virtual. Um, we have a class date listed in April as well, and that is lightly listed as in person. If we need to adjust that, we will. Um, so just that's kind of the same perspective we're taking on on the classes that we're booking. Yeah, that's great. I mean, how cool is it that we have a classes page? Right. I mean, how many church management systems can you go to their website and see a classes page that's filled with all kinds of classes and that are routinely happening? I mean, that's I don't think there is another one that has that many classes planned out. And the different types of classes and the content. Right, and I get a little twinge of happiness every time I think of it because for years people needed some kind of class and the master class was born out of a lot of work. And then people said, we need a lower level of class, a more introductory level, a higher survey level, or we need a deeper level. And so it's hard to be all things to all people and serve everyone, but continued work has gone into that. We listen and and now we have classes on both sides of the master class in terms of experience and skill level so it's very exciting it represents so much hard work and and just years of planning and thought and preparation and then keeping up with the content of those classes to match where rock is at the time is a lot of work as well but um there's there's a little bit of joy that goes along with knowing that those exist and there's plenty more that we'd like to do it's just again the resourcing to make that content and prepare it takes time absolutely and and money okay you guys asked for the chip plushes and they are here 
Um, so check out the store on our our uh, rock site and look for those chip plushes. We have also the large chip wall stickers, and that was a big outcry at the conference. Um, so realize those are in. Those are a lot of fun. Um, they will be available for you. They are available right now. We've had a few people order them already. Uh, a shout out to Danielle Voss, who was so quick on the draw when those things dropped into the store. She was the first one across the chip plush finish line. Uh, so nice job on that. But I did want to make sure that everybody knew that those are now available. Um, and we've kind of been talking about that off and on for a couple of years when it comes to the plushes. So they're exciting. Yeah. I mean, it took a while just because of the quantity that you do have to order. Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you, that is not <laughs> an easy process to order plushes like that, custom plushes. Like you're going back and forth with the guys in China a lot. And I just like to say shout out to some of those guys. They are talented. They did a great they job. They'll, they'll send like a mock-up, like a picture of their mock-up of a real thing. And you'll just give cre you know, creative input like, well, you know, the, the, the cloth's too big and it should be behind the back and the hair comb needs to go to the right. And literally the next day they send you another plush, exactly what you said. And you keep iterating like that. I think they made probably on, like- On product, on mm -hmm. hardware. This yeah. is like actual right. stuff. <laughs> I think they made like six prototypes. And then you order it, and it shows up perfect. And uh, so it's a lot of work. But again, look at that. Like we have classes, we have mascots right. with stickers. I mean, it's amazing as a community all the things that we have that no one else has. Like Salesforce would be almost the the only one that has something like this, and and they have a skyscraper too, so they have plenty of money. <laughs> We don't have money. We we don't have a size <laughs> skyscraper. Like we're we're located on the second floor of the That's building true. we're in. Does that count? Uh, this is an interesting building. It's sufficient <laughs> rent. That's what it, it is. is. But that's one thing I, I, you know, do want to talk a little bit about too. Is just if we look at what's going on, it's it is somewhat of a miracle. I was a couple weeks ago just looking around at other church management products and just you know like to keep an, a pulse to see if there's ideas or to see. You know what what they're doing and, and what's going on and i happened upon the pricing page of a couple and i was blown away i, I literally i i don't keep my pulse on how much things cost in terms of what other products are but i was i was shocked because they were two to six times more expensive than what we suggest and that I knew that we were, you know, probably cheaper in that regard, but I didn't know by the level. Hmm. But it goes to to show you the amount of resourcing that we're up against. Yes, these other products have so much, so much more resources available to them, two to six times. The other thing to consider is, you know, they they don't really take to like, hey, use our product for free and pay us if you'd like. Right. So that's two to six times forced you know, contractual payments where we are right now at 60%. Right. And we're kind of, in some ways, a little bit stuck on that, on that 60%. And, and some of that is to our pleasure, like that some of these ministries, you know, simply cannot afford it. And that is what makes us happy in that case. But there are quite a few, you know, ministries who are just not, you know, giving and they, and they can, and they're just taking. And you know some of those we work with that we try to you know communicate that, and it's probably the most discouraging part of the job is is hearing mm -hmm. the responses, which is basically either nothing, they don't even email you or call you back, or they just say flat out, well, we're not going to, so you know move on. Um, but it's so hard to put out this level of quality of work with the underfunding. Um, it's just super hard, and it puts a, an enormous burden on 
on the team. Now we try to shelter the the team as much as we can as the leadership of of Spark, and we try not to have a lot of that go down the path. They they all work hard for sure. Like I mean, this is a hardworking team, but we try not to la- layer on tons of hours. Our big thing is, hey, go into the locker room at the end of the day, you know, dirty. We like grass stains, mud, like just get in the locker. If you're going in with a clean jersey, you know, that's embarrassing. At the end of the day, like if if that was me, I would at least like roll around in the corner. <laughs> fake it. <laughs> before don't fake it. <laughs> you don't have to fake it here. There's plenty to do, but you know, you don't want to go in the locker room with a clean jersey here. No. Um, so we're all working hard, but and I think if you look at the results, like the versioning and the features that are rolling out, like the resources are so, you know, well used. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when we, we come to the end of the year and we're looking at you know the budgets and and the the realities of what came in and seeing you know shortfalls, you're like, oh gee, that wasn't expected. Um, now that's not to say mm-hmm. we're in danger. Like we are very conservative. Like we keep money in the bank. Whatever comes in, we're not running to use it. We're making sure that we're being wise with what and being good stewards with what we were given. But I think the biggest frustration is the missed potential. Mm-hmm. One is we're delivering, but we also know what we could be doing. Like there's so many more things that we could do. And I think the other thing that's you know stressful at times is just the, the burden that you know some people on the team are are are, are carrying because there aren't enough resources. You know, I look at. We there's there's a million examples and there's a million stories, but I look at like you know QA like how much extra Nick has to put on himself to be that QA person because we we don't have somebody and it, it'd be easy to say well go get somebody. Two problems: one is can we afford it, and two is sure where do magic people like good people just show up on trees? Like it takes yeah. a long time to find <laughs> pe- good people. But there's also a, a, a the problem too is like well how do you fund that? Right. And if and then that funding comes at the expense of other funding. And yet we keep getting, well, you need this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And we try to meet all those like needs as much as we can. But I do think, you know, as we look to 2021, we have some goals. One of the goals is like something has to change with this. Like, yeah. And what I don't want you to do is don't read, don't put words <laughs> into what I'm saying. Like, don't, don't say, oh, well, you, that must mean this. That doesn't mean anything. We haven't figured that out. We want to keep our model. It's a, it's a hard model. We want to keep it, but we also have to look at it. it's like something has to change. Our board was telling us the other day in our board meeting, uh, one of the board members said, "Well, you know, things are going to be the same if you keep doing the same things. You're going to get the same results. <laughs> so we, you got to change your results a little bit if you want to change that." And that, I mean, we've all heard that before, right? But that just struck, like, and and so that's been written on several whiteboards. Um, so we're trying to figure that out. One of the biggest things that you can do. Is to help us make that change, and I and I would probably say, hey, this this funding thing, this funding challenge, is not a rock thing, it's not a spark thing, it's a community thing. We have to all share that burden. Um, we're out there trying to do our part, but at the same time, some honestly, some people in the community say, well, we're tired of you guys talking about money. We do hear that, and it's frustrating. It's like, okay, well, we got a problem. We're trying to solve it. We have to talk about it. I know. I hate the fact that some of you are, are giving generously and have to hear that. Like yeah. that's yeah, that, that is frustrating. Yeah. But something has to change in it. And I think we're having to say it more because others aren't. And I think there needs to be a little bit of peer pressure within the community that says, Hey, if you're not giving, I'm gonna be kind, but I'm going and I'm gonna be loving, but I'm gonna kind of, you know, say, 
why don't you give? I think we're all smart enough too to, to recognize some of the ministries that, you know, if you go to the Who's Using Rock, we can see the ones that, okay, that's probably a small one. They probably, and they're new, they probably can't afford it. Like, yep. Fine, like we don't need to give them any kind of right. pressure. You know, it's our blessing and our privilege to be able to serve them. But we can also, with common sense, see some of the ones that aren't. And to politely give our encouragement would be highly appreciated and needed because it's not a spark problem. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a community problem mm -hmm. and they're holding us back from the full potential of what we can do. Um, there's no more effort to give. We need to bring in more right. people to give more effort and just know like you, you can be trusted that the, the money that you're giving is being so productive. If you compare it to the other church management systems, we're putting out more features, we're being more responsive, we're being more community-led, we're putting out classes, we're putting out you know all kinds of, of stuff um, at a rate of funding or resourcing that's you know two to twenty times less. Like right. depending what model you want to use, I'm trying to use a very conservative model, so I, I I'm almost thinking we're like about ten x less funded. Um. And it, it's because of our model. And and sometimes we hear people say, oh, you know, I, I just encouraged my friend the other day. He was going to do some of this new project. And I just told him how great, the, you know, your model is. And I always respond, you be careful. Like, it's it's an interesting model. It's a it's a good model, but it's not an easy model. So mm -hmm. don't pretend it's it's easy because it's not. But we're really needing the community to step up. And then, you know, we're having to evaluate as we do other things in the future. How, how do those get funded? They can't, it can't just be simply... Just give it away for free. Just give it away for free, which has kind of been our response when we look at training like Rock Rock U videos. Right, right. Free. Now, so again, don't read anything. I'm not saying those are going to be like <laughs> charged for. That's not love, what I'm saying. And we love doing that. We love being able to do that when we can. Yep. It it make, it gives us joy, and honestly, it's easier to put out Rock U videos for free because we don't have to put it behind a paywall. And then, like, how are we going to get the payments? How are we going? It's just easier just to give it away. But that can't keep being the answer because because it's not. Yeah, it's it's causing a problem because the balance isn't quite there. The, yeah. And so we have to figure out how to get that balance um, in place. And and John, you're exactly right. There's it's not a lack of effort and it's not a lack of tightening up margins and it's not a lack of uh, anything on that front. That's all been done. Um, so we do have to figure out what that does look like. Yeah. Um, and and what, the board's, you know, encouraging us to do that actively. Yeah, because they. The board's great. Oh, we our board is so amazing. They care about rock. They care about spark, but they also care about us as a, as as individuals. And they're seeing that, and they're saying, "You guys have to take care of yourself." Another way that you can, you know, help is there's rock is not just spark. Rock is a community, and it's an ecosystem. And there's a lot of people in this ecosystem. A lot of other, you know, true vendors in this ecosystem. And I would encourage you too. Anybody you're working with on church management, digital, strategy, anything that has any that even comes close to touching rock, make sure that they're a partner of rock. Mm -hmm. Use the people who are partners. Like the partners are actually sharing the burden with you. Right. Yeah. They're sacrificing with you. They're giving a portion of what they do, depending on what they do, that they're different portions. So we're all trying to be equal and fair. But they're giving a portion of that back, not to Spark, but to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I would you know, every person you talk to before you sign a contract, go to the partners page, make sure they're a partner. If they're not a partner, challenge them. Like, why aren't you a partner? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you doing this stuff? Um, and they can say, well, you know, this is a totally separate thing. We, you know, it's, it, it integrates with rock, but it's like, okay, but you're, 
at the end of the day, the premise of your product is made better by this. Why aren't you helping the community? And if if you find out that that person is on the partners page, thank them for being a partner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it shouldn't be taken for granted, the sacrifice that they're making to do that. And so we're going to be pushing that very hard in 2021, the importance of partnership and uh, and the value of that. And a small detail to notice on that front is as new churches come in, they exclusively look for a rock partner to help them move to rock. That is basically our full service partnership level or area. Um, so the organizations that offer that or offer web uh, rock websites and rock apps, those are all on the page for rock partners. The other organizations that work inside the rock space but don't offer those are actually listed on a sponsors page. And there are links to go back and forth between them. Uh, but that is to prevent the confusion of churches who are looking at moving to rock for the first time. It can be a little confusing for them already because many other church management systems have an implementation package that goes along with the move. And we don't because it's open. So it ha- it was a little confusing historically. So we kind of separated out those services from the others. So we have a partners page and a sponsors page. They link back and forth to make it easy for those in the community to find everyone. Uh, but if you get to the partners page and you only see like full service support and website and apps, that's why hit the sponsors link at the top of the page. And that's where you'll see the other uh, kind of partners in the other spaces. We've just relabeled them for the ease of, of new people. Yeah, so look for, full for, if you're getting services to help you implement Rock, check to make sure they're on the list. Giving partners, mobile app builders. Um, rock websites. Rock websites, background checks. Right. All of those types of services, make sure that they're they're contributing. I mean, take, take something like the background check providers. I mean, their product is made so much better through the integration with Rock. Literally, like the product's almost not usable if you, if it wasn't integrated into the church management system. Um, the church management system is a huge piece of that. So look at the partners. There's there's you know many of them there. Why wouldn't you do the ones who are sacrificing and giving back to helping build the core product versus those that don't? And one small note: just because someone has um, a plugin in the in the rock store does not mean they're a partner. Mm-hmm. So there are many people in the rock shop that have plugins that are not partners. So I would just say, do double check. Don't make an assumption. It's an open community. Anyone can write a plugin. Make sure that you're working with someone that that is in that sponsorship category or yeah. partnership. And I think that's the same thing as the churches who don't give. Like, because some people like look at this and they're like, "Well, I don't care. Like, I can't care about this. I I can't care about supporting you through the usage. And I can't care about using it." Well, you're gonna care at the someday when if when you don't have the the, the feature you want. Where you don't have the level of support you want, like you trust me, you do care. You, it's very short sighted to look to think about the future of that. Like yes. just because you have what you want today, doesn't don't assume that you're going to have what you want in the future if you don't do this. And for an organization to be successful in the rock community, but not want to become a partner or a sponsor, kind of tells you about the motivations of why that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just realize that the community uh, interest and pressure will create best behavior and and that's what really will will power everything to move forward and create the expectation of what normal is and so we just need everyone to help create that expectation of normal and what the definition of good behavior looks like because for everyone to be successful in whatever your role in the community it really does need to be the highest priority the health of the community and and the product yeah and some of the partners are just a a delight to work with absolutely they they love doing this like it's not even forced on them they just like well no this is great this like 
we used to pay more just in in sales commissions on top of it like this is actually cheap for us so those who aren't that tells you something right it tells me something at least so as much as we hate to talk about this trust me i'd rather be talking about technology like but it's it's required because to be able to do the technology we need to have this funding and you know i feel like the pbs special or the right. Wiki, wikipedia that no one <laughs> it's annoying to see it but they're doing that because it's a problem if wikipedia went away i would be a right. worse but you know my life would be a little worse and the point of all of that of course it is to raise funds but it's also awareness because if you don't know as someone in the community and everything looks great that's not really fair to you either you don't have the opportunity to help fix it or you don't know maybe where uh, a small effort on your part might have you know big dividends down the road because it's just another little nuance in a conversation you're already having um, so i think that awareness is really critical especially for those who are um, already donating and, and doing everything they can to help support um, the the next really level of that is just to make sure that the conversations you have with people help set their awareness and expectations uh, for what that looks like to to operate in community because it's different right so people come in without that awareness because many uh, well, most church management systems and many other areas of our society don't have that community perspective. And so it's something that you have to kind of readjust your thinking patterns toward. So everyone's help in that area is awesome. Um, and while you're helping, if you do find yourself uh, with a little bit of extra room in your budget as the year closes out, we would encourage you to make a year-end donation above your commitment to Spark this year. Um, we have been extra responsive in the face of all the th the needs in the COVID uh, timeframe, and we wouldn't change that. We wouldn't do it any other way. Um, but we are also seeing our giving grow at a slower rate than it should, much slower than community growth. And so we are finding ourselves with a bit of a deficit at year end this year. Um, so please meet your commitment if you've made it. If you haven't made a commitment and haven't made a donation, this would be the time to start. If if Rock is foundational to your digital strategy, uh, let's make sure it's a solid foundation. So um, get that in front of your leadership and don't make it something that should happen someday. Put some time behind it. You know, let's accelerate that conversation. And and if you've done all the right things in all the right places, but you do find yourself with a little bit of extra budget, we would appreciate a year-end donation as well. So thank you so much to those who care and support and and do all the right things. We really couldn't do it without you. Um, and, and help us encourage those who aren't to understand why it's critical. Well, on that note, Merry Christmas. This has been quite a year. And we'll see you in 2021. Yes. Thanks for joining us. This episode of RockCast is brought to you by Rock sponsor, Ministry Dynamics, a Wi-Fi presence and equipment provider. Connect with Ministry Dynamics today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.